Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Tell you, hat hair is one thing, but mask beard is another thing, kids. I just want you to know the struggle is real. All the people at home are going, that was a horrible thing that you just did to us. I'm sorry. Hey, if you're just joining us, my name's Weston. I'm glad that you're here. We're in the middle of a series. uh, We're calling it an epiphany series. It's the call of God that we're looking at. We started it by looking at the Magi and how Jesus appears. And these Magi, these, these Gentiles, these outsiders pursued God. And guess what? God isn't playing hide and seek with us. And so God is found by people that seek him. Last week, we talked about what it meant to listen to God, listen for his call in prayer and in stillness and in silence. And today, we're going to take it a little bit further, and we're going to really just look at this one idea that God is almost always going to call us before we're ready, that God is almost always going to call us to himself before we're ready to come, that that God is always going to call us to something new and different and bigger and better before we're ready to, to go there. And I suspect if you've been walking with Jesus for some time, then you know that that's true, that you've been called to do many different things perhaps before you thought you were ready. But God calls us that way because he knows that when we go with him, we will grow up in him. And it's important that we stay close, that we follow. And so as a case study today, what I want to do is look at Jesus's call to the disciples as recorded in the gospel of Mark. Mark chapter one is where we'll pick up our story. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Here's one thing that I think is super important we notice from this text. It's this, is that Jesus has come for us where we are. Jesus has come for us right where we are. Jesus doesn't put posters up in the region of Galilee. Jesus doesn't, you know, just go to the synagogue or start a church. He doesn't say, hey, listen, if you want to find out more about this, you need to come here. Jesus goes to where the people are. It says that Jesus goes, and we'll see that he's walking along the the seaside, that he's walking along the shore. He's walking in and out of of groups of fishermen. He's walking in and out of cities. Uh, He's going to where the people are. Jesus has come for us. That is so important. As a matter of fact, that and that alone is really what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. It's true. If you think about it, there is not another religion in the world that says that God has come for us. Everything else is telling us we have to go someplace else to find God, that we've got to do something else to be made acceptable to God. Christianity says that the work that is required has been done, past tense, it's finished, it's over, it's accomplished, and God has done that. God has done all that is required for our salvation. 
So all we have to do is accept it. There's nothing you have to do or change or prepare or get ready for. Jesus has come for you. He's come for you. And I think that's important because if you're here this morning and maybe you've been curious about Christianity or you've been thinking about Jesus or you've wondered what it would mean to follow Jesus, I guess what I want you to know is there's really not anything you have to do to get ready for it because God's already taken care of it. It's probably helpful to think of it in this term. We understand that there's this gap between us and God, and we have to understand the size of this gap. This gap is an infinite gap because God is eternal and infinite and perfect. And he's not sinned in the entire time of his eternal existence. And yet you give us just you know, a couple of days or hours and we will sin. And we will create a gap between us and God that is unbridgeable because it's an eternal gap. And so there is only one way to bridge that and that is for God to come and do for us what we cannot do for ourselves you see, some people would think that, oh, yeah, God's come and he's done like 90% of it or he's done 99% of it. But listen, my math major friends will tell me that 1% of the infinite is still the infinite. And so either God has bridged the entire gap or he's bridged none of the gap. Jesus has come for us right where we are. And all we have to do is accept it. That's all we have to do is just accept that work. We just have to, the, Jesus here, the text tells us, says that we have to repent. We repent and believe in the good news. Uh, let's pick up the text here. We'll read on just a little bit. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. This is an example of what it means to repent. It simply means that you start following Jesus from where you are right now. If you've been in the church for a while, you know the word for repent isn't necessarily a very spiritual word. It simply means to turn around. And, and I mean that very, very literally. Like if there was a no U-turn lane, it would say this is a no repentance lane. Like you cannot repent in this lane. You're going to have to turn left you know, in the parking lot and then, then navigate your way around. That's what the word it means. It just means you're going in this direction and all of a sudden you turn around and go the other direction. That's what it is. And we've made it more complicated than that. We've made it that, you know, you've got to do certain things to get right with God, and you've got to do these different things in order to, to be able to be in a place where you could even think about that. But, but did you notice what happened? It says these people were fishermen. They had gone to the lake to fish, and Jesus says, why don't you follow me? And they said, you mean us? Yeah, you mean right now? And then he says, yeah. And it says, okay, we'll, we'll go. And they get up and they leave. Notice what it says. It says they left their nets, they leave their boats, and they follow him. They just, they leave it all. Another gospel will let us know that their dad's at least there. He's kind of like going, where are you all going? And they're like, well, we're going to go follow Jesus he told us to. And they followed. Friends, that's what the call is. There's nothing to do to get ready. You know, you just decide, man, today's the day I want to follow after Jesus. I've, I've had that happen several times here. People will come, they'll be like, man, you know, I think I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. What do I got to do? And I say, well, you just... Give your life to Jesus Christ. Like, well, how do I do that? Well, you, you, you surrender to his lordship and you accept him as your savior. You get baptized into him. That means you're dying and then you're rising a new life. It's, it's that simple. You just say, man, I want Jesus in my life. You mean like I could do that right now? Yeah, you could do that like right now. Like, do I have to make an appointment? There's no appointment needed. You know, do I have to take a class? There's no class needed. Are you going to follow Jesus or not? If so, follow Jesus. It's that simple. People come, they come with dry hair, and they leave with wet hair. It, it, it works like that. It works like that. 
You can start following Jesus from wherever you are, including right here, right now. That's good news, right? Jesus has come for us. He's done for us what we could not do for ourselves. And he said, you don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to do anything else. You just have to say, man, I'm going to start. I'm going to follow after Jesus. I'm going to pursue him. That's what the disciples do. They just, they just leave. They just say, man, that's it. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm going to follow Jesus. He has called me to go. And yet we don't follow that example. As believers today, you know, we want to seem a little more reserved, a little more self-controlled. We want to seem like we've got a little more, you know, thoughtfulness into these things. And so we often use this word. We'll say, well, later. Jesus, I'll do that later. I'll follow you later. I'll get right with God later. I've heard that from a lot of people, and it's generally not ever the right time. Like, it keeps getting later. Well, not now. Well, later, after I get this done, or after I, you know, get this career under control, or this relationship handled, or after I get, you know, these things taken care of, that's when I'll follow God. But generally, we get to the end of that, there's something else we got to do before we said we want to get right with Jesus. Friends, I don't I don't know about you, but I'll tell you that the more we put it off, the easier it is to put it off. Because when we, when we say letter, here's what we're really saying, is that we feel the conviction of God in our lives in that moment. And that God has done something in our heart, in our mind, and we're acutely aware of our need for God. And what we're really saying is, no, not right now. That's what we're really saying, is we're really just telling God no. But we say later, you know, later I'll do it later, but we keep putting it off. Now here's the thing is there is an urgency to this. The disciples sensed it. They realized that if Jesus walked away, that in their time, you know, they might not find him later. So they had to follow him in that moment. The apostle Paul will tell us that it's urgent in our time as well. First Corinthians chapter seven says this, the appointed time has grown short for the present form of this world is passing away. Paul is telling us, listen, there will come a point in time when you cannot choose to follow Jesus anymore. When Jesus comes back and he comes to make the world right, we call that judgment day. At that point in time, it's going to be too late to make that decision. Now, I don't know when that is and neither do you. I do know this, that it's closer today than it was yesterday. And that at some point in time, it will come. And we don't talk about this a lot. I don't know why. I don't, maybe it's we just don't want to seem you know, too you know, caught up in like the next world. Or we don't want to be like those people who you know, set the day like Jesus is coming you know, on March 4th in 2024 or whatever. That's not what we're saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Jesus is coming and it's closer today than it was yesterday. It could be today. It could be this week. Like, really, we might not get to meet together again before Jesus Christ comes back. Like, that's, like, serious. Like, that's for real. When is Jesus coming back? I don't know. You don't know. But don't you want to be ready when he does? Don't you want to say, man, I've followed you. I've chased after you. It's not been long, but I have. Man, that's what God wants for you. God wants you to give your life to him. He wants you to follow after him, not just in this life, but for all of eternity. Are you going to say yes, or are you going to say no? That's the decision. God's inviting us to follow him. Are we going to follow him or not? Now, I know some of you in this room, you need to wrestle with that question. You really need to wrestle with that question. You need to think about what does it mean for me to give my life to Christ? And, and you might want to talk with somebody. You might want to pray with somebody. I wish you know, I'd be glad to do that. Elder staff here would be glad to do that. Uh, if your friend brought you here, they're a Christian. They, they're perfectly able and equipped to tell you how to give your life to Jesus Christ. They might not think they are, but they are. Um, God wants to help you do that. So wrestle with that. Think about that. Think about what that means for you to give your life to Jesus Christ.
I, I know that there's a lot of others of you here today, because I know you personally, and I know that you've already given your life to Jesus Christ. You've already followed after him. There's a, a second part to this. We saw it here in the text. It says, you know, Jesus tells him, hey, come follow me. And he says, and then what? Then I will make you fish for people. Uh, that's the second part of our call. It's that Jesus will lead us out to share the good news about him. This call isn't just a static call to come to Jesus, but once we've come to Jesus, Jesus says, listen, as I've shared with you the good news of the kingdom, I want you to go share the good news of the kingdom. You know, at, at our church, we believe that God's called us to love him, to encourage each other, to serve the people that need serving, and to share good news about him. And what that simply means is that we're sharing how our story intersects with God's story, how our story has been changed by God's story, and how that's all taken place in the grace of Jesus Christ. And if you're here as a Christ follower, let me tell you, your job is to go and share that good news. Now, here's the thing. God's going to send you out before you're ready to do that or at least before you feel ready to do that. That's probably the better way to send that. You know, see, the disciples here are called to faith. Now, we read this in Mark 1, and we think that Jesus is just calling the apostles. That's not the case. Jesus doesn't appoint the apostles till Mark 3. We've got two chapters before then. So he's just going through the cities, calling people to himself. But later, he will then call the apostles and will say, I've got a job for you. I want you to go and share the good news. Let me ask you a question. These people, like their robes are practically still wet from fishing in the Sea of Galilee when Jesus sends them out. Do you think they're ready to be, quote unquote, capital A, apostles? Absolutely not. I mean, how long has this been? It's not been that long. But Jesus sends them out because he knows that when you get sent out, that's how you grow up. Friends, some of you have been too long near the side of Jesus and you've not gone out to share the good news with others. Let me tell you, your faith is stuck in a holding pattern. Your maturity is stuck where it is until you decide to take serious this call of God to invite others to come to him. It's just how it is. When we go and get sent out, our faith grows in immeasurable ways. Let me tell you, it's one thing to learn something. It's another thing to teach it to somebody. When you have to teach somebody something, you know what? You've got to master it. And so you might be thinking, man, I don't even know what I would say. Well, it's, it's super easy. I used to think this was hard until I, I started to try to do it myself. Uh, it's super easy. You just tell people, man, I'm going to pray for you. When they, they tell you that something is rough in their life, and you just say, man, I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And you let them know that you're going to invoke God's blessing in their life. That's a pretty simple thing to do. Uh, when people ask you about your weekend, man, what did you do this weekend? You say, man, you know, I went to church and it was an encouragement to me. You're just starting to talk about your faith. This is a natural sort of thing to do. You know, when somebody's going through something difficult, if you can resonate with that and God's brought you through, why don't you say, man, let me tell you, God has helped me in this way. What you're doing is you're just sharing the best news that's come to your life, how God's changed your life. That's all you're doing. You're saying, man, God has changed me and I think he wants to do the same for you. It could be as simple as inviting somebody, saying, man, I want you to come with me to church. I, th I think it might encourage you in your life right now. These are simple kinds of conversations. And, you know, it might lead to something else. Where somebody goes, man, what would it take to this? Or what about this? And, and you're going, I don't know the answer to that. Guess what? The two of you can learn together. The two of you can grow in your faith together. That's what God wants for you. 
God doesn't call you in anything that's going to discourage you from your faith or is going to destroy your faith or is going to damage your faith. He will call you into situations that will challenge your faith, that will mature your faith, that will grow your faith. That absolutely is what God is going to do. The problem is we often say, no, I don't want to do that. And we miss out on the blessing that God has for us in sharing the good news about him. The disciples weren't ready. We weren't ready. I I love this quote here from Richard Rohr. Uh, He writes in his book, Falling Upward, a book I've really enjoyed reading. Um, He talks about this faith of the apostles, how we build it up. Here's what he says. He says, you know, I've sometimes wondered if we might be surprised and disappointed by what it means that our faith is built on the faith of the apostles, as we have so proudly proclaimed. They barely ever got the point and seem as thoroughly foolish as we are, but God still used them because, like all of us, they were little children too. I indeed share in this very faith. We are all and forever beginners in the journey towards God and the truth. Friends, we're all and forever beginners in our journey towards God and the truth. We're never going to have arrived. Jesus didn't call scribes and train you know, anybody. He called fishermen and tax collectors, and, and that's the people he called. And, and some people maintained what we would think of as sort of a normal quote-unquote life and followed after Jesus and shared their faith. I mean, we talk about the disciples because that's, you know, that's the main characters of the story for the first you know, you know, a couple decades of the church, but Jesus will call other people that will go about their lives. I mean, the Gerasene demoniac is healed, right, by Jesus Christ, and he wants to go with Jesus. He wants to stay by the side of Jesus, but Jesus says, no, 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 you don't follow me. You need to go. There's too much of your story that you've got to go tell people. You go tell your family. You go tell your friends. You go tell your community how much the Lord has done for you. That's where you're going to go. And I'll tell you, so many of us live in that place. So many of you live in that place where you've come to God, and God says, I want you to tell people about how much I've done for you. Are you doing that? Are you sharing that good news? Craig Rochelle of Life Church, I, I love this. He's sort of identified there's a cycle of four things that happen when we decide we're going to take this call seriously. He says step one is you just decide you're going to share your faith. You just decide that you're going to go ahead and do it. You're going to just talk to somebody about Jesus. The second thing that happens is you start to see lives be changed. And it's true. Let me tell you, you start to tell somebody about your faith in Jesus and how that's brought you through and how you've decided to follow Jesus and, and you're still learning, but you know, you know, you think that this might be an encouragement to them and you start to plant a seed maybe in some people. Maybe that's the first time they've ever heard that the real God of the universe has met a real person in real life and that's making some sort of real change. That might be the very first time that concept is even introduced to them. That could be from you. Other people you share that with, maybe they've kind of got this seed planted of faith and God's trying to grow that, and you share your story. That's what we call a testimony, just talking about what's happened to you and God. And you start to tell your story. That seed gets watered. It starts to grow as they start to hear that somebody else's life has been changed by Jesus Christ. And God uses that to grow faith in them. So you share your faith. You start to see lives change. You start to grow in the knowledge of your faith. As you start to have faith conversations, people will have faith questions. And if you don't have the answer, you're going to have to figure it out. And you're going to learn and you're going to grow. And then the fourth thing that happens is pretty simple. It's we become more outwardly focused. We start to look at other people and think about other people and think about how God might want to reach them through me. And we start to get a hunger for this as we start to see lives change. And guess what? That leads us back to sharing our faith more. 
and we see more lives change and we grow in our faith and our passion grows and God does that. But step one is just deciding, man, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just simply talk about Jesus. I'm just going to share my faith. I'm just going to invite somebody to church. I'm going to invite somebody to join me and watch online. That's that simple. Let me tell you, in my line of work, one of the highest joys, maybe the absolute highest joy I have in, in my job is I get to baptize people. There is nothing that I love more than, than baptizing somebody. I mean, it, it is an amazing gift for me to walk into the water here with somebody and to, 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 to baptize them there in the water and bring them out and see the smile that comes on their face. And it's part shock and terror because like, you don't normally let somebody just plunge you underneath the water. I mean, that's, that's not a normal thing you do, at least especially not for adults. But, but man, once they come out, they realize that you didn't drop them. I mean, that's step one. There's this smile on their face, and they start to realize, man, I've been baptized into Jesus Christ. And you can just see this light up in their eyes, and it's an amazing gift. And I love, you know, I love the wet hug. I mean, I just, I love the whole thing. It is an amazing gift. But there are many times where I feel guilty baptizing people because I know that I just had maybe a five to 10 minute conversation with them at the end. That, that there's been a whole chain of faith that's been in their life of people, friends, family, maybe parents or brothers or sisters or sometimes even children talking to them about what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. And you know, as, as they started to ask more questions, they're like, I don't know, you should talk to Weston. And, and then I get to talk to them and I'm like, man, is it, are you ready? Is it time? And they're like, yeah, it's time. I'm ready to be baptized. And I get to be there and I get to enjoy that. And I'll tell you, that's a gift for me, but, but I, there's nothing in Scripture that says I have to baptize people. There's nothing in Scripture that says I have. If you have been baptized in Jesus Christ, you are fully equipped, qualified, credentialed, given all the rights and privileges thereunto pertaining of being a follower of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You could do that baptism. Like, really, you could. And you wouldn't even have to have, like, this conversation. You could just say, man... Today, I'm going to baptize my friend. We're ready. We're going to make this happen. And that would be a great joy. Let me tell you, I would love to see us baptize more people in 2021 than we did in 2020. I would love to see us do that. But here's what I would love. I would love it even more if I did less baptisms. I would love it even more if you decided, man, I'm going to walk through the finish line with somebody all the way to a place of faith and a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk all the way with them across that finish line where they, they start a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you're not going to leave them there. You're going to continue with them as they grow in Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, that would mean more to them. It would mean more to you too. What a gift that would be. I mean, I really want you to think about that because I know as Christ followers, if you're like me, you've probably got a list of people in your mind that you regularly pray for and you hope that this person would see the light and would give their life to Jesus Christ or perhaps return to Jesus Christ. Man, why don't you start praying for that person and start taking some steps towards sharing your faith? And why don't you make it this year where you, where you are the one who's able to usher them into the kingdom of God? through the act of repentance there in baptism. As the worship team comes out, I want you to be thinking about what that would mean for you. And I want you to answer that call. I really believe that God has called all of us to be faithful in that great commission, to go into all the world, to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to make disciples of Jesus. That's not just for me, that's for you. And so who is it that you want to see come into the kingdom of God?
Maybe, maybe, you know, again, we talked earlier, maybe that's you and you need to get right with Jesus first. Man, if that's the case, I'd love to talk with you about what that would mean. Others of you, though, it's time for you to say, God, I'm going to take you seriously. I don't feel ready. I don't think I'm ready, but you're calling me because you're going to make me ready. You're going to equip me for what you've called me to. God's going to call you before you feel ready, I promise you, but I, I guarantee you, if he calls you, you're ready. So this morning, let's be thinking about it. here. It's still, still January. Who is it that you would like to see come to faith in Jesus Christ this year? And then be praying about it, and then just start talking about Jesus. That's the easiest way to do this. Let's not complicate what God has made simple. Why don't you go ahead and stand? We're going to sing together. Cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus fled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, and my Savior, that cursed tree. His body bound in drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb, the entrance sealed by heavy stones, Messiah church to sing with one another oh praise the
you can be seated. There's really one reason that we all come to church, and there's one reason why you tune in online to join us. It's, it's real simple. It's that we've come to encounter Jesus Christ. And it's been my prayer and Jesse's prayer and our worship team's prayer that you have encountered Jesus in some way this morning through our worship, through the message, uh, maybe through a friend or somebody you've, you've uh, talked with here this morning. Uh, but right now, we're going to take communion together, and we do this uh, for anybody that's a believer in Jesus Christ is welcome to participate. And I, I love this time of our service because if you miss Jesus and everything else, you can't miss him here. The whole point of this is to remember what he's done and to allow him to sort of just speak to us here in this moment. So let's just take a moment of time for stillness and quiet and tell Jesus whatever's on your heart and mind in this time. And I'll come back here in just a little bit and lead us in taking communion together. stick together the bread, reminding us of the body of Christ. Another cup, reminding us of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, this week we have chased after many things, and this morning, Lord, it is good that we start this week off chasing after you. We're thankful for this time where we're able to come face to face with a reminder of your sacrifice on the cross. And Lord, it is my prayer that this act of communion would be for us a spiritual meal that would give us the strength to pursue you, to chase after you this week, and to share our story of faith with those that we come in contact with. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, it's been great worshiping with you today. I want to give you a few announcements, things you really probably need to know about. Um, one is that if you are visiting with us here in person, we have a special gift for you. As you leave, turn out there to the left. You'll see some bags that say for our neighbors. Grab one of those. Uh, it's got information about the church. It's got a little gift. Uh, so if you're visiting here with us, we'd love for you to, to join us there. If you're online or here, text the word WELCOME to 270-842-6231, and that will also start a conversation between us and you, and we'll ask you for some information. We'll send you a link to download the church app. All those things uh, happen there. 
Let's see, community group signups are open through next Sunday. Now, people always ask, like, is this it? Like, that's the, the deadline? Yeah, it, it is, and here's why people are always confused. Um, for our introverted friends, and well, really kind of for everybody, it's hard to build deep personal relationships with somebody you met like in 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And so we form community groups twice a year, and then we close community groups. That way you can build deep community with your group, hence the name community group. It's hard to do that if people are coming and going constantly throughout the year. Those would just be like social groups. So because we want them to be community groups, we keep them closed. And so, yes, if you miss this sign up, you're going to have to wait until August to join in. And we know that that's terrible and we hate that for you, but you have the opportunity right now. So please sign up. You can do so in the app. Uh, Signups go through next Sunday, and then we'll be forming groups and contacting you uh, with information about your group, when you're going to meet first, et cetera, et cetera. So please, if you're interested in community groups, sign up. Uh, Awana is coming back in virtual format for K through third grade. We love Awana. We've missed it, um, but it's coming back virtual. We're, Megan's got some, some great ideas that we're going to be trying with Awana this year. Uh, Wednesday nights from 6 to 7, starting on February 3rd. If you are parents of kids K through third grade, you can pick up the materials you will need because you'll have to have the materials at home to participate. The materials are in the commons following uh, service today and next Sunday. Also coming up, Meals, Inc. Uh, we are in partnership with about a dozen other churches in the community, and we deliver in that partnership close to 300 meals, maybe it's even more now, every Saturday, and supplemental food bags to folks in need in the Bowling Green area. Uh, it takes people to do that, though, and so we need folks to help us deliver meals, to help prepare meals. All of this is done with, you know, social distancing protocols and all that kind of stuff in place. We want to keep everybody safe. Um, and so that's happening February 6th on Saturday. Uh, please sign up. If you've never tried serving at all, this is kind of what I would say is, a, is a, kind of an easy first step, but it makes such a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Uh, if you've been serving for a while or you've served meals before, you know it's a great time. Uh, sign up. It takes all of about an hour, if that, to deliver. So it's not a big commitment uh, Saturday mornings. Uh, sign up for that. Details there in the app. All right. I think that's all I have for you. Um, again, I do want to continue to thank everybody who continues to support the work of the church through your giving. Uh, I know that for you it's an act of worship to God, but it does make the work possible. So thank you. And if you haven't tried giving in the app, it's super easy, like really super easy. It's just the give button. Like that's how easy it is. Um, give it a try. I think you'll find it to be um, pretty helpful. All right. Why don't you stand and we'll be dismissed here this morning with a song.
child like the bad was won Fall back devil cause your time is up So I'm gonna live like the stone is gone online. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good week in the name of the Lord.